and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Doge, and today I'm the only one. It's just me, for now at least. We're taking January off from recording, but uh, that doesn't mean we're taking January off from podcasting. Through the power of uh, hard drives on, on my desk, we're going to be releasing over the next three weeks our previously Patreon-exclusive series where we talked about all three Back to the Future movies. We figured, you know, it's 2024, it's the future now, and three years ago in 2021, we talked about the future. And so, you know, maybe we're maybe it's the future now. Maybe this is the future we've all been trying to get back to uh, since these movies released. Anyway, without further ado, please welcome to the show us from three years ago. Maybe funnier, maybe smarter, certainly more vibrant and full of life. And here they are. Welcome to our house. I'm glad you came over. I was such expecting a scary door. That's a really scary door. I'm very sorry about it's that. The it's the ominous setting right now. <laughs> it's an ominous door for non-ominous, non-ominous boys. Nominous, do 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 do. Nominous boys. Nominous. We're really happy that you're here. We're obviously your pod boys, whom you love very much. And this is our special bonus episode, the first episode Ooh. of our new little Patreon series adventure. The first time we've ever done a Patreon exclusive series of movies. Um, do Please we do mind quotes? It. Do we do well, quotes? Uh, I, I I never remember for these bonus episodes. I don't we think know. we do. You, we I don't, don't think we do. Yes, we do. No, we definitely do. Okay. Well, in in that case, my name's Doge, and <laughs> there's that word again, chunky. Why are things so chunky in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? That was a pretty <laughs> good Doc Brown. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Carter, and great chunk. Yeah, that was a pretty good. That was Doc also Brown a pretty too. good Doc Brown. I still don't right, know Jordan, who it was. At the, the pressure's beginning. on. Oh, I don't get do, Doc Brown. Oh, I don't do quotes. So you do now. You no, do on Patreon. I sure don't. Do you want to? No. Okay. And here's <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. Because because the way the way that you said I do, I'll never quote anything for the rest of my life. Yeah, again. that's I don't true. Like being told that's things. true. That oppositional stance runs yeah. deep. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like being told things. I'll never say quotes again for the rest of forever. What did we talk about? Uh, Not a single what's, quote. In what's that called when like a? We talked about it in our Loki episode. What's it called when a pot breaks and you like fix it with gold? Oh, kintsuki. Kintsuki. It's that deep seated. I'm not going to do what Doge suggests me to do. That's your kintsuki, Jordan. Yeah, my kids. Yeah. It's just the I'm unique not gonna ways do in which you've been broken suggests. and repaired. <laughs> when it's it's that thing. It's that thing where you're you're like I should I should go do the dishes and then you stand up and your wife's like. Hey, would you do the dishes? And she has every right to ask that question. And you're like, I'll never do the dishes. <laughs> I was going to until you suggested that. I'll the thing is, never you don't tell do me what dishes. dishes. <laughs> hey, is there any reason that in this house there's so many clocks that we've invited our chunkies into? It's kind of strange and it smells there's bad. Lots to of me. clocks, a like big pile of burning the nastiest dog food you've ever seen. It's I was pretty having nasty. lunch when I watched this movie. Oof. <laughs> I was, and I, again, it's unexpected because I have not seen it. So. But today, the reason there's all these clocks, all this dog food, all these burning chemicals is that, uh, well, and a giant amplifier. I do want to point that out. The big cartoon amplifier. Because That's we're talking it. about uh, a very special movie today. 
And that movie is, of course, Back, Back to, to the, the future. future. That's it. That's, That's what the one. we're here for. While we were watching this, I do want to kind of, I guess, kind of pull back the curtain and maybe reveal that the wizard's just been an old man this whole time. I don't remember why we said we were doing these movies for Patreon. They're kind of sort of time for love adjacent. Do you guys remember if there was like a real reason? Well, or I is think it just a fun thing. The the road we wanted to go down. We don't need roads, but continue. True. Sorry. The road we wanted to go down was like, where can we start putting iconic series that wouldn't fit anywhere else, mm. we thought. Yeah. So we started with Back to the Future. Love it. Love it. A trio of uh, movies that I think a lot of people have seen and love. Perfect. And are culturally relevant that, I don't know if we're, you know, our, our car series are already pretty filled to the brim. So. Yeah. <laughs> and same with our Michael J. Fox series. So yeah. it was like, well, so what, what else, else is left? Yeah. What else are we going to do? A Michael J. Fox series would be really interesting. It's just this and Stuart Little. It's always Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And Teen Wolf. No, I never heard of it. I think it's just this and Stuart Little. (laughs) No, I think think ultimately kind of what happened here for Back to the Future to end up as Patreon episodes was basically we we started to have the conversation of there are so many movies we want to do and we don't know how long it's going to take for us to get to them. And then it started coming up more frequently that Carter had never seen the Back to the Future series. Yeah. And then finally we were just like, you know what? Let's just do it on Patreon. Love Mm it. Love it. So we will be taking a little diversion to to really focus on Back to the Future and educate our friend Carter, who now that he's seen these, I feel like, actually has the the pedigree to be a host. I mean, I've only seen this one. He's only seen the one of them. Well, by the time we're done with this. Oh, okay. we're, We're pretty womaning you. Into the host yeah. you want you to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's almost Miss Cargeniality. Mm. Ooh, mm. love it. You know, That's can I give you guys good. a synopsis for this one? Yeah, I wish you would. This synopsis uh, is anonymous, so of course we know it sprung from the head of Zeus, fully formed, as did Athena in the ancient tales. Except this synopsis is mean, actually oh, no. very mean. No. Marty McFly's life is a dump. His father, George, is constantly bullied by his supervisor, Biff Tannen. And his mother, Lorraine, is an overweight alcoholic. One day, Marty gets a call from his scientist friend, Dr. Doc Emmett Brown, (laughs) telling Marty to meet him at Twin Pines Mall at 1.15 a.m where Doc unveils a time machine that runs off of plutonium built into a DeLorean and demonstrates it to Marty. Marty accidentally activates the time machine, sending him back to 1955, where he accidentally gets in the way of his teenage parents' meeting. Marty must find a way to convince Doc that he is from the future, reunite his parents, and ultimately get back to the future. (laughs) You must return to the future. It's It's such a simple plot. It is. And I think that I think that is why it's kind of so timeless and awesome, um, because the the plot is so simple that it doesn't really take much to get on board with. Like, yeah, if his parents don't meet, he's not here anymore. Yeah, duh, easy. Better fall in love. I was thinking about that, like how how effortlessly this movie now. Ne- because I mean, we've just finished recording our Loki series. Our Avengers Endgame episode was an hour and a half. Our About Time episode was particularly contentious. I don't feel like we're going to have the same kind of like, well, what is a time travel? What is that? How do you 
Like, We've even had a Harry Potter episode that was exactly like this travel. is this is like probably the the best I think time travel's been navigated in something I've ever seen because it's it's like intuitive and the others really aren't. They take a lot of explaining. Yeah, yeah, intuitive, and then the stuff that you do to kind of explain how you got there—that's the fun fantasy of it, right? It's yeah. not. No one's looking up a flux capacitor and how many miles per hour you actually have to go to right. <laughs> to head on back. So, I think. I think, yeah, it's got a, such a charm about it that paints yeah. over any kind of technical need. Carter, what was your watching experience like the first I, time? It was great. You know, I, I found myself, and I really think this is going to be, you know, we've talked about before that we have several episodes that either one of us or two of us are kind of uh, not necessarily being convinced of something as we go along, but I do find myself very malleable right now. I think y'all could, because I am so blind to the nostalgia of it. Hmm. I, I've, I've found myself regretting having not seen it earlier um, because I did enjoy this movie. And I can see in terms of its, uh, you know, I talk a lot about the fifth element. I imagine for some people to watch the fifth element for the first time, uh, I need to go into it understanding it really won't be the experience that I have. There are certain things, like I remember being in a Sears when I was eight years old and looking out and they used to sell all these massive big screen TVs. Back then they weighed about 400 pounds <laughs> and they were all playing Fifth Element and it was this great scene. It was my first time to ever see it and I was like, what on earth is this? I need I need this. And then going yeah. to find it down. It was like this catalyst of a creative moment for me of like, I think my creativity was born in a Sears in the appliance section. <laughs> you know, and so it's like to be 32 and see Back to the Future for the first time has some unique qualities to it that I think only I'm able to experience. But it also has something that kind of makes me sad. Like it yeah, should get feel that. it yeah. should feel more like a, a kind of nostalgia. Yeah. Sure. Well, I don't it's, know. it's it's funny, you know, this movie has been out for a long time. Um and so the way nostalgia works is so interesting because I obviously don't have nostalgia for either of the time, the, the eras that this movie is set during, but I do have nostalgia for watching this as like a young kid. Yeah. You know, it, and it's, it's just a totally separate set of feelings that come with it. Um, and so yeah. I, I, as I'm watching this, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is some nostalgia that comes into play, but I don't think I appreciated how awesome this movie was until I yeah. was an adult. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. That's kind of like, uh, so I never had a kid experience at Disney World. I was 27 the first time I went to Disney World. Yeah. It kind of feels like that to me. It's like I can look around and see like, man, this is just an absolute blast. There's certain things that I get to appreciate right now. But it was like, man, if I had been, you know, nine or ten, could you imagine yeah. how this would have felt walking yeah. into this place? Sure. I wonder if there, I wonder if there is like a difference between sort of like a lived nostalgia and then an informed nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because watching this, I would remember things from like the early two thousands, probably, and have that kind of lived nostalgia of like, oh, I remember the kind of stuff I used to do, the kind of foods I used to eat like when I was watching. But like, sure. there's also the informed nostalgia of when it starts. I'm like, oh yeah, this reminds me of other places I've felt comfy, like Ferris Bueller's high school, like the high school in the breakfast club. So good. And yeah. then when we go back to the 50s, it's like, this reminds me of other places I've felt comfy, like watching Leave it to Beaver reruns or the Andy Griffith show or something. You know what I mean? And so there's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's, some, that's interesting to me, that kind of informed nostalgia for times, like you said, Jordan, that I didn't experience. Yeah. Right. My, I, I think my overall vibe of the movie is I really enjoyed it. 
I had such a fun time, and there's so many reasons why I can tell that this is a classic. Yeah. Yeah. But to the point, because it's my first viewing, I think there's opinions I'm going to have that are going to be offensive. Oh, sure. Ooh, yeah, 100%. But good. Well, like, there has for to one, be. Do we want to start with one? Yeah. Yeah. Michael J. Fox is replaceable. Oh, <laughs> uh, that one. Yeah, that one does sting. I am offended by that. I can to see me. it. I can see it. He's replaceable. Because if you're telling me… So this is the 80s, right? Is when this movie was made? Yeah. 85. Yeah. There's so many boys <laughs> his age that could have made it funnier yeah. for the scenes when it's just him. And here's the thing. Michael J. Fox is reeking with charm, though. He's got this yeah. like, innocence. He's, like, bu- he's Bullerian in a I way. Do think, I do yeah. think, though, he is best served as a voice actor. I think I, his… That's fair. The way he talks and stuff is perfect for this role, but I think he he as a as a as a character uh, as a lens for for the role of uh, Scott. What's his name? Marty. Marty. Marty sorry, Marty, Marty McFly. McFly. My bad. Um, it felt like to me he's replaceable. I could have got I could have got Broderick. I could have got. I feel like there was a lot of young guys around that time. But I felt like would have done a better job. That 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 is valid, especially because what yeah. I was going to say is uh, Michael J. Fox is irreplaceable because his voice is Marty McFly. Yeah, you know, right. totally. And I think he is, is more about the voice than anything else. Yeah. What is his big uh, voice acting gig? In Stuart Disney? Little. Well, not yeah. No, it's Stuart Little. Michael in J. Fox. Disney, um, let's see what IMDb he, says. He had a pretty big role, I think, in a Disney something. Yeah. Hmm. It makes sense. It's got mm-hmm. a fantastic Bro- Broderick was Matthew Broderick was grown up Simba, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I could have sworn he had somebody over there. Uh Atlantis. He was Milo oh, in Atlantis. Yeah. He was Milo? Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched That's Atlantis funny. in a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. And with the re- replaceability, if that's even a word. It's I think that's a word. Um the only reason he stands out is because everything else feels irreplaceable. Every other role. Yeah. Like yeah. obviously Christopher Lloyd. Um, is is a super sure. pump because this this yeah. Doc Brown is an icon. Completely. Uh, this goofy and now Wait, granted, sorry, are you saying he's your super pump? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's iconic in a way that even though there was like, you know, we've had nutty professors before. You know, Jerry Lewis was doing this 30 years prior, but something right. happened here in the way that he looks and the way that he acts. And we've even aged him a little bit, which feel which feels brilliant. Because he he feels uh, akin to an old man already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In, at, at the age that he was, this is absolutely like Rick and Morty doesn't exist without Doc Brown. I right, think. right. And yeah, totally. and just this like wacky. I mean, the first time we see him when he has that massive headpiece on, <laughs> like you know, it's he's an icon when you think like, oh, he got that from somebody else. But it's like, yeah. wait, no, no, everyone's got this from Doc. And I just think like. Having him over the top, what I wanted from this movie, he was always giving, which was yes. this movie to me is, uh, in terms of t- talking about irreplaceable roles, it's like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. It's like, I'm trying to think of all these like 1980s sure, with the comedy and the over the top and stuff. It's like, that's one of my favorite things about this, this era, this yeah. genre, this decade. And he reeks, he, like he's phenomenal. He's, he's so fun. He's yeah. my super pump as well. Yeah, he's he also is my a, super pump. 
He is How a can he not? cartoon in this. He is an absolute like, cartoon. Completely, completely larger than life. The accuracy of the aging makeup is pretty bananas too. Because yeah. Yeah, he looks, he ends he looks, up, like, he that looks like that right now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> when he… I, I remember falling in love with Doc Brown from the first time he calls Marty at his house. Yeah. <laughs> at the very end of the phone call, he goes, Are those my clucks? <laughs> Dude, amazing. <laughs> who was um who plays Professor McGonagall? Uh Maggie. I keep I I say I got Maggie in my head for sure. Maggie Smith? Smith? Yeah. yeah no, I it's think not so. Maggie Smith. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it definitely wow. is. Um, it makes me think of her in Hook. Yes. When they aged her up. Yes. And you're like, <laughs> wait, like, has oh, she always been 90? Spot on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Is so does Spielberg have any role in this movie at all? Um, <clears throat> it's very Spielbergian though, right? It's massively Spielbergian. I mean, he, gets, he gets credit at the beginning. I assume he's like an EP or something. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense because I had, uh, I think, just glanced at or misread or caught the very end of seeing his name on there. And at a certain point was like, I, uh, I feel like I am letting Doge down because… I don't remember this being a Spielberg-directed movie. And then only to find, when I looked it up for more detail on IMDb, it's not. No, it's Robert Zemeckis who's yeah. directed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's definitely done a ton. Yeah, I think Spielberg gets that EP credit. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy is an EP on this too because the production company is Amblin. The one oh, okay. that, that Spielberg yeah. founded with the you know E.T. Yep. bicycle logo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even what yeah. Alan Silvestri is doing with the score though… Like it Dude, feels like we're very so John good. Williams. It feels like we're very intentionally channeling the combo of Spielberg and Williams. This kind of like whimsical childlike directing paired with this like weird like almost Wagner Props. ring cycle type of yeah. music. Yeah, because anytime you're doing something like that with any quote unquote great within the movie business, they don't ever land like this. Right. Yeah. I, I don't feel like it's ever a moment where you're like, yeah, they really, you know, they try to throw a little bit of spice here and. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. Well, and I, I think if this movie wasn't so like visually in some places inspired by Star Wars and like the sci-fi of the 70s yeah, totally. in that way, then it would land a little funny. But it almost feels like it's like homage rather than yeah, like a straight yoink. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is this is such a fun era of filmmaking because you know Star Wars is changing the world at this yeah. time. Uh, and pretty recently, I mean, far more recently than it is to today. Yeah, about eight years prior. <laughs> yeah, about eight years prior. And so I think with some of the stuff that gets to age well, it's because they they had really um, safe picks, you know? It's yeah. like if yeah, you're going to totally. reference Star Trek and Star Wars. Easy. Easy. Props, yeah. man. That's still going to be really funny when you get in that hazmat suit yeah. and scare the heck out of your Last student night, author Darth dad. Vader came he was from the planet Vulcan. I've got to oh. say, Crispin Glover, you know, I said everyone else is irreplaceable. Crispin Glover is was almost my super pump. Yeah. Because he's, he's just great. so interesting. He is so he's great. I was so really surprised good. to see him in this role because to me, he's a big villain type actor yeah. now. He's just got that kind of creepiness about him. Um, you know, he says he's really only unique. seen this once. That's that's <clears throat> crazy. He says he saw it at the premiere. That's crazy. I think he has a pretty complicated relationship with this series. I don't. I don't remember. I've I've read about it before, but like I think he has a. I think he has a pretty negative and complicated relationship with the production of Back to the Future. Really? 
I don't know if it's because of this first one or if it was moving forward. I, I, I want to yeah. say it's like in the second or third one, they use his face for something that he didn't know was going to happen until he was at the premiere. Gotcha. So, and yeah. he was like really mad about it. I don't know. He, he's cool got a that. complicated relationship with it. <clears throat> yeah. In contrast to Christopher Lloyd, did you guys read that piece of trivia? Christopher Lloyd's quoted as saying, anytime he's like flipping channels. So this is an old quote. Nobody flips channels anymore. But anytime he's he flipping channels uh, and he sees one of these on, he's like, yeah, I'll probably watch Back to the Future. Like any of the three of them. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I feel like if you're Christopher Lloyd and you have the opportunity to watch Back to the Future, Clue, any of those kinds of things, why would you not? Adam's family. Yeah. Adam's family. Yeah, why would you not at that point? I mean… <laughs> It's you get to be so over the top and so incredible. Yeah. He's also relatively iconic on, on the TV world. Sure. Uh with Taxi. I mm. remember growing up watching Taxi. Yeah. Things we watched growing up. This is gonna be very narrow casting, but this is something I've always thought and I've never had the opportunity to say it out loud. And this really hinges on you guys having experienced the same little tiny slice of evangelical culture pie that I did growing up. Do you think Adventures in Odyssey exists without Back to the Future? Did you guys watch the Adventures in like Odyssey the kid, cartoon? The kids being not. friends with an inventor kind of a connection. And they use the special machine to travel around and do all these fancy things. I mean, Magic School Bus too. Right, right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like how, how deep are we willing to say the Back to the Future roots run with that stuff? I mean, I think, I think the, the concept of high school kid best friends with accomplished inventor probably had not really been touched before that's this. not a trope, right? No. Like that's not now, something that now Back to the Future is. is referencing. Yeah. Now it kind of is, but but before, no, it's it's that was fresh. That was a fresh yeah. idea. Yep. So yeah, no, I think I think it's fair to say that eccentric eccentric accomplished genius friends with young kid <laughs> probably yeah. would not have existed in a lot of the media that we have enjoyed. That's interesting. Without this. Yeah, that's interesting watching back through this. Carter, I'm sure watching as an adult, that's even more interesting about like just how like everything in this to me feels so familiar, but that's mm. because it has all like permeated pop culture. Like this isn't referencing stuff. You know what I mean? It's right. the, the originator of a lot of the stuff that feels yeah. like it's been around forever. Well, and I know it's played out to say like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old argument and it's t- kind of tired of the like, Nobody had a problem with this high school kid being best friends with this adult inventor. But like, also, you know. That's stupid. It's a movie. He could drive. Relax. Yeah. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Biff Tannen. And I'm, I'm disappointed that we, <laughs> we aren't talking about Biff. Yeah. Um, obviously, Biff is despicable. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. A little like, bit rapey. Yeah. A lot of bit almost. Yeah. That's going to be the super dump for this boy, actually. Could not like… There is no amount of like, it was a different time. It was, People were not so sensitive. Like, no way. That is so, so like too far. I think that's the moment that it's like a cartoon in the wrong ways. Because that that to me is like Popeye. That's like Bluto. Like Just tying limbs up all- and smooches going everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. tying up olive oil and putting her on his shoulder and being like, we're going over to my boat. Like, it's just like too much of a cartoon in a way that feels awful live action. Yeah, and I think I think nobody treats it like it's fine. But yeah. nobody jumps up and does anything about it for like way too long an amount of time. <laughs> right. And it's deeply, right. deeply uncomfortable. Completely. Very bad. Completely agreed. 
<laughs> now, s- separate from that specific scene, just Biff, right. Biff as a an existent film on, or a character on film. <clears throat> I think that Biff rules. I think that yeah. Biff is an incredible like high school movie villain. Oh yeah, totally. What an he awful is bully. Huge in like the right ways. You know what I mean? Like he's not yeah. like bodybuilder huge. He doesn't look like impossible to exist. He just looks like if Gary Bertier was a bully, pretty much. <laughs> it was just like the you're at the like action figure factory and they had a mistake and this is this <laughs> like just overfilled two the times the scale of <laughs> right. normal action figures. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and his whole his whole calling everybody butthead makes me laugh every time. Um, knocking on George's head is very mean and also very funny. It's just that good. was probably f- a pretty fun role to play. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh. Sure. it had to be a blast. I bet playing the adult versions of all of these characters and the the two different flavors of the adult versions of these characters was more fun than playing them in high school. Yeah, because all these you kids get- are like the same age. Yeah, and he, and and they're all playing. You know, Marty's parents or parents' boss or parents' employee or all, you know, yeah. and they're all the same age. How did you guys feel about the aging makeup on them, on, on the kids to make the kids look older? Horrible. And I loved it. I think George's was the best. Yeah. Then the other two weren't so yeah. good. Carter, did you I think when, did you I catch think when they were it? trying to add weight yeah. is when it was bad? Huh? Did you catch it? Did that stand out to you immediately as like, oh, these are young actors under prosthetics? Yes. Before we went back to the past? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Did sure. you know Crispin Glover wasn't 50 when they filmed this? <laughs> Could you I tell? I didn't mean it like that. I bet, like, does it stick out like, like a sort of thumb? Who, in your uh, first who... time watch brain, could you tell that Crispin Glover was a baby? <laughs> Y'all know who Zoe Deutsch is? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Not De Chanel. Zoe right. Deutsch. Zoe right. Deutsch Chanel. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe Deutsch Chanel. Uh-huh. This is her mom. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I did because of Cat. I got one. Okay. Yeah. And actually, just yesterday, Zoe Deutsch posted a video to her, I guess, Instagram, the timeline thing. The Wow, I sound really old. What is it? Stories. Story. Thank you. Um, she, used, an old video. she used uh, She used this. Uh, maybe there's a camera on her cell phone she used. <laughs> she posts it for watching like and consumption. <laughs> so she posted a video yesterday of her and her mom when she was a kid. She was sitting in her mom's lap while her mom was getting makeup done for um I don't I don't know if it was a Back to the Future or what. Yeah. But um uh, I ass- I assume not based on Zoe Deutsch's age that it was not a Back to the Future. Yeah. But yeah. um she was sitting in her mom's lap while her mom was getting makeup done for something saying that when she grows up she wants to be an actor too. How That's fun. cool. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, that's cool. So so I did know that but I only found that out yesterday. So I had no idea. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> I um, can I give? I'm going to give my super dump. Yeah, yeah, please. But it ha- it, it requires us to talk to uh, talk to the end of the movie. Mm, talk a yeah. little bit Let's about talk the, to end. the end. Yeah, I think it probably shouldn't change because the end is really fun to yeah. see the massive influence that going back, like going to the past, to kind of messing with things does for you. Yeah. But it makes me wonder how many how many junior high high school kids were like, I'm just gonna punch everybody so I can be rich. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like a dude. I don't. It, it made me feel like maybe this movie doesn't care about lessons. Which again, <laughs> it might. I'm it not might trying not. To, I know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like a. That that felt like one of the things that I lose from uh, usually some of my favorite movies of this era 
is like, at least there's something to to learn, right? There's a little bit of like a warm heartedness. And, and yes, sure. it's like the whole family gets back together. And, but it was like, man, because he punched back, you know, because he punched the bully, he gets to be wealthy and he gets to be a bully and his wife gets to be skinny yeah. and not drink alcohol. It's, it's like, like he um, conquered, he conquered and subjugated Biff Tannen <laughs> <laughs> by punching him yeah. one time. Right. Yeah. Well, for sure. So, I, it's, I'm uh, with you. But it's fun. It's fun. If I may be the apologist for two seconds, there are separate, oh, I wish you would. there are separate incidents of each one of those things being taken care of. They don't all boil to the punch. Like th- those okay. are all springing from one thing. Yeah. Marty encourages his dad to share his books and his writing with people, which is how they get rich. He tells his mom that she shouldn't be smoking and drinking because she's going to regret it when she's older. That's why she stopped smoking and drinking. And then that's the whole reason I make a podcast is one time somebody who was 15 when I was 15 told me, you should make a podcast. And it's changed my life. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And then the punch. But I am with you that. It's like everything in his life boiled down to, did he have the stones to punch Biff back? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's maybe, I think that's maybe, I don't know. You know, he's my favorite boy of all. So I'm I'm probably a little rose colored glasses on him. But that's to me the difference between something like this and something like, like E.T. maybe, which would be like, I think if this was a Spielberg directed project rather than a Spielberg produced project, the warm heartedness at the end probably would not come at the end expense of others in quite the way that it does here. I don't know, but Carter, I, I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, yeah um, I think, I didn't I think feel it, like it was intended to be heartwarming at all. At the, right, that's I what think, I'm saying. I think, I think this I think is there a comedy would, from start to finish in that way. And I think if it was a Spielberg project, we would try to land somewhere like a little bit Maybe more that's why heart-centric. Yeah. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I think one of the disadvantages to watching this for the first time as an adult too was how depressing the the concept made me feel because it was like, you're telling me like there was no one else in their life to help them. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. That's such a it bummer. It was like who? It was the 50s, man. They got stuff to do. There was nobody else <laughs> to help you. So it had to be your kid coming back to you guys from like yeah. the future. They got to put yeah. vegetables in jello. They don't have time for… Man. Oh, 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 oh. Making some nasty <laughs> mid-century recipes. Ew. Uh, the wild thing to me, the depressing thing to me, is that if this movie came out today starring… I don't know. Michael J. Some, Fox. Yeah, starring Michael J. Fox, but he was young still. He would go back in time to 1991. Mm, yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awful. He'd go back and he'd say to Alan Rickman, he'd say, yeah, man, dude, just lean into this Just role. do whatever you want. Do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you, whatever you want. want. And then to Kevin, he'd say, hey, dude, maybe maybe not. How about you maybe just dance with wolves again. Maybe dance again with wolves. Maybe <laughs> see maybe write something. Maybe maybe bold maybe bold Durham one more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I I I, to- I totally agree that it seems like if we're going to change all that stuff, then a ton of other stuff also needs to change. Like why are they yeah, in the same house? Why are they in the same, you know whatever, all that stuff. I yeah. Yeah. Do you think the ending do you think the ending is because like I've never watched this movie not knowing there was a Back to the Future 2. Right. Does the ending stand alone without a Back to the Future 2? Or is it like, I can't tell if that's a fun like, oh, their hijinks are going to continue or if that's clearly a <laughs> Doc and Marty will return uh, in Back to the Future 2. I don't know. It yeah. could have stood alone. I think it could have. That That's fun. Yeah. Like this, this uh, 
I mean, of course, it's going to keep happening. You know, if anything to it, it could have felt just like a a fun concept as to what do you think the future will look like? Sure, yeah, because they go to 2015. Because that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, it, did you, could you tell that Doc Brown looked like he had a QR code on his, <laughs> uh, on his collar? Did y'all see that? Mm-hmm. What? Maybe he very actually much, went to 2015. His, very much looks like he had a QR code. tie kills me every time he comes back. Yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. You know, uh, that's all the rage. I'm not Dude. sure Jess had seen this. Uh, and she, so obviously, like from the title, thought it was a movie about traveling to the future. And so I think she was a little, she didn't tell me, but I think she was a little hesitant to be like, what did they think the future was going to be like in 1985? Uh, and then when he goes back to the 50s. That is one of the, the best 50s, parts about the second I know. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when he goes back to the 50s, she's like, oh, thank goodness. It was such a smart decision to have him go back to the past because that way they're not wrong about what the future is like. And I'm like, yeah, totally love that decision. <laughs> Great courage, Back to the Future. <laughs> Dude, Oops. The, the, the amount that they are wrong. Oh, it's amazing. For Back to the Future 2 is so charming and fun. It's the best wonderful. part about the whole thing. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It is completely so wonderful. Because they go to 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, we, six years past their future. Yeah. Can we talk oh. for a moment about so Marty the Guitar God? Yep. Guitarty. Wow. I just, that's all. I mean, I don't have anything specific. Just wow. Yeah. Chuck Berry's cousin happens to be there. <laughs> that, I, I love in, that. Invented rock and roll. I got that sound Marty you've been McFly looking for. invented rock. <laughs> so did that, Chuck that Berry is funny steal though. Johnny Be Good? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, we're saying Chuck Berry. I can totally imagine stole though, Johnny all, Be Good. All uncles and dads and grandpas <laughs> like that watched this for the first time with their kids were like, you know, there's some realism to that. It did rock and roll did feel like it just came out of nowhere. It was magic, <laughs> you know? It just came, it just appeared. You know, it's kind of funny concept. I think maybe <laughs> someone came back and just brought it. Like, because who would have thought of stuff like that? Hey kids, did who you that? did you love that Johnny P. Good song? Well, let me tell you, have you ever heard of, uh, he's got a pretty good Rudolph one too. We can listen to that when we get home. <laughs> y'all know, y'all know ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> Baby. Baby, get my records. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love, to me, this was like almost as out of place as um, doing the Michael Scarn in <laughs> Michael's, Michael's movie in the office. Like, yeah. it's just like in the middle of the most important night of his life. He's just like, yeah, I mean, I got to shred. The shred lives inside me. Exactly. I got to shred. <laughs> it's a little weird to me that that's the one time that he doesn't play Power of Love. Dude, I know. I had the same <laughs> thought. I thought that it should have been the, the only thing he knows how to form is Power, Power of Love. love. Yeah. I wonder if Goofy Movie exists without Back to the Future. Mm. There's just a lot of things that felt Goofy Movie to me. And I'm not going to just throw that out there without really consulting with the expert. But I mean, like, continually playing a song throughout, concert ends it, uh, just a kid that's like not really feeling his dad at first, but then ends up loving his dad. Yeah, I can see it. Power of love, power line. Mm. Oh, now you got me. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I guess I can Lots see it. Lots of possums. I think it, yeah, the, the possum In connection's both. huge. Yeah. Um, okay, th- let's talk a little bit about things that changed uh, in this movie, like little little juicy Easter eggs. 
such as Twin Pines Mall becoming Lone Pine Mall, which is one of my favorite movie Easter yeah, eggs. That's really fun because um, he runs over the other tree. <laughs> I think that is hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Yep. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> so he he leaves from Twin Pines Mall and returns to Lone Pine Mall uh, because of yeah the tree. Oh, there's some graphic movies at the theater, aren't there? Yeah, for real. I think it's just an adult, an an, ad, an adult film theater only. I would assume. Yeah, I think you'd have a hard time convincing God not to strike your movie theater with lightning if you were playing those films in the same room as like Star Wars. Yeah, like Finding Nemo's yeah. next door. Yeah, Finding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 19, 1985's classic Finding Nemo. Right. They brought it back from the future with them. Nice. What? Talk about blow people's minds. You know what would be crazy <laughs> is real. Back to the Future 2 was like dead on accurate. That would be crazy. <laughs> it is. Carter, it is. You're going to love Sorry, it. Sorry, it's, it's super so accurate. accurate. It's, what it's I completely yeah. accurate. It's um, like, a, like a Nostradamus prediction. But obviously, if we're going to dunk on the time turner, we have to dunk on the DeLorean as well, which is um, there are paradoxes created in this movie that uh, don't make any sense. Like Goldie should have already wanted to be the mayor before Marty told him. I think it's it's determinism. It's a closed loop. Marty, it's the same kind of time travel right. air quotes that's in Interstellar. Right. Yeah. He would have he would have become the mayor no matter who told him to do it. it Marty was always going has to gone back. It's but always clear, been Marty, right? But, but clearly not because his dad in, in the story it wasn't a guy fell out of the tree and or, or yeah, your dad fell out of the true. tree and a guy saved him. It was your dad got hit by the car. So clearly Marty has not always gone back. That's either point. Marty's, yeah, either Marty's able to change stuff and convince people to do things, or he's not because he already has, or he's going to get pruned because he's a variant and and Could his traveling be, will inevitably lead to a threat to Kang. Now, Could I think be. I think the most likely way of looking at time travel, the, like the most sensical way of making sense of the time travel in Back to the Future, is um, that a lot of these things were on a set a path of density to happen. Um, where they would happen kind of regardless of who spurred them on. And Marty's role wasn't getting his parents to fall in love like he thought it was. His role was actually convincing his dad to punch Biff and like stand up for himself. And his parents were probably going to end up together regardless, just like Goldie was probably going to end up being the mayor regardless. That's my guess. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I think you can like map it all onto that stuff. But to me, like... I don't know. The way I approached it was like trying to just view it as simple as it's presented. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, you know, I can try to understand the J.J. Abrams Star Treks are really bad about this. I could try to understand the the dark matter that powers the Enterprise and like try to track with the pseudoscience that you're saying. But ultimately, like, it's a fantasy story. And so like yeah. you can explain to me that like there's magic because... A, a god burned up and like, we're breathing in all his ashes or whatever. And that's fine. Right. It's great. But I don't have to understand how my lungs can metabolize the ashes of a dead god into magic. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Is this the mid 80s? Yeah. 85. 85. So I feel like it, it's weird because there is a culture around talking about movies and that culture changes. And I don't think that, you know, some 35 years ago, people hey. cared. What? Oh, it was 35 years ago. You're right. I did math wrong yeah. in, in the, the last episode we did too, in the Robin Hood episode too. It's embarrassing. Man. I don't, I don't, I don't think some like, I don't think 35, 36 years ago, people cared to have conversations about the realism of right. this. 
moment. I think that's such a popular thing right now because we've seen it done really well a lot of times. And in our actual world, in our existence, like there are all these concepts now that didn't even exist back then of people being like, well, technically black hole, this and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, right. It's more fun to talk about and try and, and pick apart and stuff. And I just don't think people are doing that in 1985. Totally. So it just kind of lives. This is definitely a valid way to engage with it now, though. You know what I mean? Like, I no, think it's, I, th- I think it's, so. I th- yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think that's an interesting thing to think about because we've already kind of prefaced this and we kind of set up a, for me personally, for like my feedback on the movie foundationally, it's like being an adult. And so the first time right, I yeah. see it, of course, I'm going to consume it and chew on things this way. And so I'm trying to also put myself back in 1985. And I think it's just yeah. fun to think about how I really don't think people, I think that's part of what gave it life. I think it's because a lot of people aren't even trying to pick it apart in 1985 because it's like, you just let it happen. Of course. Yeah. It's just like, it just works. I don't know. I think that's fun. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And I think, I think it's interesting. Not only are you watching it for the first time as an adult, but like you said, you're watching it with the sensibilities of a 2021 movie consumer. And so you're yeah. going to watch it wanting to find it as airtight as humanly possible. Yeah. You know, it was good, but it was no Shutter Island. You know, it doesn't really hang together once you examine it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shutter Island. Yeah. <coughs> I do too. That was a compliment to Shutter Island. And I burned a Back to the Future. And a burned a Back to the Future. You heard it here first. Back to the Future sucks. Shutter no Island's Shutter the only Island. good yeah. movie. Couldn't be Shutter Island. <laughs> like, I don't think, like, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, like, anybody's like, it doesn't make sense. Like, well, that, that, could, that should have really changed. That could never future. happen. Yeah. Did you, guys, <laughs> did you guys ever watch the movie uh, Rookie of the Year, the baseball movie where Henry Rowan Gardner, the high where school kid, kid, breaks his arm and he can throw like 100 mile an hour fastballs? Yeah. He breaks his arm I've just it. right. I've, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to say there is a movie where the same actor that plays Henry Rowan Gardner in Rookie of the Year somehow gets sent back in time and finds a genie and does like the whole Aladdin thing, but he's like a kid from New York. And it's it's pretty bad, I think. But I watched that movie. Isn't it a play on King Arthur's Court? Do what? Isn't it a play on that Connecticut Yankee? It very well might be. I think it's a a remake. Yeah, that sounds like like a… Man, I can see this. I feel like I can see the cover. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. It's very important to me because… Um, it that's a movie that I watched yeah. as a kid with no at no point was I like that's not real a kid in yep. Aladdin's palace absolutely which is definitely a Aladdin washed version of Connecticut Yankee <laughs> King Arthur's Court mm-hmm. wild uh, and then a, there is a, a cool. kid in King Arthur's Court yeah which is the sequel same guy so he he did a kid in King Arthur's Court and a kid in Aladdin's palace both same yeah. actor playing the same character. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's like a sequel or something. A Kid in King Arthur's Court is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wow. awesome. I didn't realize that. Wow. I forgot about that movie until this exact second. Kate Winslet's in that movie. Daniel Craig's in that movie. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> That's bizarre. I mostly remember him as Henry Rowan Gardner, but still. Yeah. My point <laughs> is, I watched these movies as a kid, and at no point was I like, it's not. It's not very realistic how you ended up in Eliza's palace. Not that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't think a toaster could really talk if I wasn't in the room. <laughs> Brave little toaster is stupid. I have filmed my toaster every day for a year, and it's never moved even one my time. Toaster's never. I, my Nest Cam is pointed straight at my toaster. I don't care about intruders. I just want to see that toaster move. That's the only. That's the only thing on my priority list. No, I think whenever we talk about a classic like this, 
the discussion can always become um, complicated. Is not even the right word. Like almost a minefield of like I don't want to. I don't want to hurt people's feelings who love this, but I also want to make sure that I say how I actually feel about this. And so I think I think it can become it can feel way more dangerous than it actually is. But I think yeah. the fact of the matter is like, especially when something is this classic, I think at, at least I'll just speak for myself. I think I am more than capable of really loving it and also seeing all of its flaws. Um, yeah. And in the case of something like Back to the Future, which I even kind of grew up on, I can still see. I don't remember if I said it officially or not, or if I super dumped somewhere else too. Um, I don't like the sexual assault scene in the car. It makes me very uncomfortable. No. I think that's unnecessary, even in 1985. And that is my super dump. It's it's gross. And it it if I could cut it out of this movie and just say that Biff was trying to smooch when she didn't yeah. want it, then fine. It's just too much. Um, but I can see those things, and I can see the 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 bad makeup and that Michael J. Fox is kind of just like a dork with a cool voice. I, I can see all those things. And yet uh, for me, it is full of like the nostalgia of having watched it young. And that saves yeah. so much of this movie. But also I think, and Carter, at no point did I hear you say, and this movie sucks because of those things. So I totally, I get where yeah. you're coming from there as well. I think the informed nostalgia. Well, we haven't rated really it yet. So that's true. Time. <laughs> that's true. I do want to point out, you. it was sort of a criticism of Michael J. Fox that you said he was a dork with a cool voice. But I want to remind everybody on this call, that's kind of what we're banking on with oh, this whole 100%. podcast thing. That's like how the best, that's the most charitable way somebody could describe any of us. So I that would be a compliment. I Michael J. Fox. So I, I, <laughs> have no, at us. I have no beef with the boy. He can be as dorky and cool voiced as he would like to be. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Did you like how he invented skateboarding as well? I yeah, that's that pretty he rad. Skateboard. He invented everything that 1985 teen loves. That's pretty rad. That's so funny. Can we talk about how an entire truck of manure in Biff's car cost $300 to fix? <laughs> I wish that was it. What Wouldn't was the name on the manure truck? That was like a fun Easter egg. Oh, was it? I missed it. I'm Googling it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch an Easter egg there. Oh, can we talk while you're Googling it? Can we talk about George McFly working up the courage to ask Lorraine out by saying, Lou, get me a milk. <laughs> Make it chocolate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and slides it to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, yeah, Crispin Glover is almost super pump worthy in this movie for wow. sure. He's a cartoon. Honestly, too. though, I, I, for real, I felt like, um, oh, hey, I don't know. Real her quick, name. The, the manure truck. It's called D. Jones Manure. And when I was watching, I didn't have my contacts or glasses on and thought it said Dr. Jones Manure and thought it was an Indiana Jones reference. Uh, it's not. My eyes are bad. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Doc Jones Manure. <laughs> uh, I, was, I think Leah Thompson, Lorraine, also really did a fantastic job. I thought she yeah, was she great. Was pretty good. like a love-struck teenager. Yeah, she was great. She was pretty good. Very much. There's just so much stuff in this that's like, subtle little clever things. You know what I mean? Like this this movie really works well because of the addition of all the little tiny clever thoughtful things. Like to me it stands out that she's convinced that his name is Calvin at first because that it's is printed funny. on the waistband of his underwear. So of course that's what his name is. You know what I mean? Like everybody assuming just, he jumped off a boat because of his because of his jacket. life preserver. Yeah, just little stuff like that that's like I can't imagine that was the first thing somebody thought of in a script, but but they were just like, you know what? What would be like a funny little small thing that would help to elevate this movie? Dude, but at the same time, I can see this whole script being born from a conversation where somebody goes, imagine wearing that jacket 30 years ago. Well, the conversation was, uh, like the, the inspiration for this movie was 
the writer was looking at. I don't remember. I don't. Was it Zemeckis who wrote this? I think it's the director is the writer. Yeah. yeah. So so Zemeckis was looking at his dad's high school yearbook. I was like, my dad was kind of a dork. Would I be friends with him? And then that's where the idea for this movie came from. That's fine. Yeah. In his in Robert Zemeckis's IMDb picture, if we could all pull that up real quick, okay. <clears throat> blow it up full screen on your phone. Yeah. The hang on, enhance. He's an older gentleman. You know, he's, he's been around for a little bit. His uh, his hairline is so interesting in this picture. Wow, wow. He's got like a like a not even a, even a peninsula. It's like a reverse peninsula. It's like a pre cul de sac on the left side. <laughs> it's like a pre cul de sac. His right side. That's powerful. Is this so? Have we only done the two Robert Zemeckis movies on this podcast? Back to the Future and Mars Needs Moms. Wait, did he do Mars Needs Moms? Oh, he did Mars Needs Moms in a big way. Oh no, he produced it. Did he also direct it? He he directed the Polar Express. Oh wait, no, he didn't do Mars Needs Moms. He did Polar Express. That's what I'm thinking he of. He produced Mars Needs Moms. Oh no, Rob, <laughs> Rob, you lost your touch, man. You left it in the future. <laughs> I mean, he, let's be fair. He also directed Castaways. Mm-hmm. Castaways. Sorry, Castaway. Singular, not like, plural. <laughs> Forrest the Gump. sequel to Castaway. Forrest Gump. <laughs> Flight. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, the dude. Yeah. The dude's done some stuff. Polar Express. <laughs> I'll forgive Chalk a stinker. There. <laughs> I'll forgive a stinker. And I think it's important that we offer that, that grace to Mr. Zemeckis. It is time to rate Back to the Future. Using science, never more appropriate than right here. The same science I mean, mm, that Doc Brown used to save his friend, thereby saving himself, thus closing a time loop. So was he wearing that bulletproof vest in the original 19, 1985, or did he not wear it until we circled all the way back or is this around? A change? The world may is, never this know. A, is this a new timeline? I mean, it's clearly a new timeline. Right. So how different? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, more like how, how different. <laughs> The Scientific Cinema Scale has been rated a perfect 10 out of 10 by Doc Brown himself, so it is inarguable, infallible, and it is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that that poster. poster! The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go poster. Easiest decision I've ever made on this podcast. I'm buying the poster for Back to the Future. Hey, surprise everyone. Controversial opinion. It's a very good movie and it's a classic. (laughs) Hey, I'm also buying the poster and here's why. Uh, It's a good movie, man. It's a classic. Um, No, that that does play into it. The the legend of this movie does play into it. Just the Mm. the scale of its um, reputation. But also, I just love it. I just love this movie. It's it, it. This could easily be a rainy day running a low-grade low totally. fever comfort movie for me. Totally. Um, it's so fun. It's a lot of fun. I want every article of clothing that Marty wore in the, in the 80s timeline, I want to have. Um, I have uh, unironically, no joke, credit card in hand, Googled Marty McFly 80s Nike shoes to try and to try and buy those shoes. I think they're around. They are. They're just expensive. expensive. I did the and same thing with- I am a with, poor boy from a poor family. <laughs> I did the same thing with Nick Miller's uh, windbreaker from the episode of New yeah. Girl where he, his cousin asks him to impregnate her. Yeah, that's a good jacket. But I can't find it anywhere. <laughs>
Um, I have you ever like hung out with your friends and then you they you start hanging out with a their friend group, like another friend group they have, and you feel like you're missing out on a bunch of jokes. Yeah. And stuff. That's called the symbolic convergence theory, but that's like a you're coming into a new culture, essentially, is what it feels mm-hmm. like. And you're like, oh, I get it, but I wish I was here yeah. to get it more. Yeah. So that makes, and I don't want y'all to, I feel like y'all are bracing for some kind of impact. It's a buy. I, I buy the movie, but it's just, it's not a poster for me. Sure. Okay. And I think there's nothing, I, I can't help that. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing I can do. I wouldn't do. have expected a poster from you, to be honest. Uh, if only there was some sort of like architectural reason that you might have more of an affinity for this movie. I can't believe we didn't even talk about that. In this oh, episode. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was like, what's an architectural reason? Yeah, I had, I, I even teased sharing this on this podcast. Thank you for that, Doge. There was a, I mean, talking about the very end of the movie, like within the last 60 seconds, um, I had this situation. Mike Troza, who was on our podcast, who was actually a Patreon episode, wasn't he? Or was he not? No, uh, no, that was, he, I think that was, that was a regular, was a real, regular, a regular, regular, yeah, Sky High. That's a fun episode. Mike is a big movie fan. And the house that Chelsea and I just bought, when I was showing him pictures of it before we had put an offer, uh, there was a back door to the patio that he said, this this door… Back to the patio. Yeah. Back to the patio. This door is a famous movie door. He did a deal that was like, if you can figure out what this is, dinner on me. But he told that to all of our friends. He's like, hey, if, if you want to know what it is, you're out on the, on, the, on the bet here, out on the deal. And then people would ask and… He'd tell them, but for the rest of us, we had to guess. And lo and behold, I stopped the frame. And there is my door at the end of Back to the Future. <laughs> Unbelievable. And the way he had been presenting it for months was just like, oh, you'll know. Or it's like a very recognizable one. And the best part is, and what he even <laughs> loves more, is that I had never seen this movie. <laughs> so shout out to Two Chunks for helping me get some free dinner. Amazing. And, and watching Back to the yeah, Future. Just, Who would have thought? Just let man? me know when we get our free dinner for helping you. Yeah. We'll, yeah, you got it. Mike, if you're listening to this, like, I'll text you my address or we whatever. Tacos. <laughs> like, I don't get we, it. You Postmates it, man. That's fine. <laughs> I'll DoorDash. I don't, I mean, it's just, it's whatever. It's cool. <laughs> no, you know, I think obviously the next movie in this particular series is going to be Back to the Future 2, um, where they go to, so it should be called Back to, Back to the Past, but Doc goes Back to the future. Back to the past for the sake of the future. Back to the… Mm. Onward, onward to the future for the sake of an even further future. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Love it. That's my, that's my theory. Love it. And I'm sticking to it. Well, to end today's episode, <clears throat> I'd like each of us to give your name sure. freely, without strings attached. Open hand. Give me that name. And then tell me where where you would travel back in time to to make a small change that would butterfly butterfly effect change your whole life right mm. now. My name's Doge, and I would travel back in time to 2017 uh, to find a young me, a much younger You're, me. I already know what this You're is. You're stealing mine. This is what I wanted to do. And I would say, hey, this whole podcast thing is a great idea. Please don't use that crappy USB microphone. Please get an actual good one. It's going to make your life so much easier. And then fast forward to today. I'm a multi-trillionaire with a successful podcasting empire. That's not what I thought you were going to do, so that works out great. That's, that's not what I thought he was going to do either. Jordan, you can do that if you want, but I've decided to change my mind. I'm Carter. 
And I'm going to go back to 19... I think probably 93 would be the best time when I'm five years old. Mm. And I just want to like... I think the best person I could have heard this from was me. But be like, hey, man, your noggin is definitely bigger than average. <laughs> and start getting haircuts. I know you feel head. like, I know you feel like you do this great thing where you like project uh, other people on yourself and stuff. And that's going to be called emotional awareness eventually. But for now, you just think your head's as big as everybody else's. You can't go there. You can't walk under that. <laughs> you can't walk as close to this thing as you think you can. It just hurts, and I know it hurts, and I know you've dinged your head a couple times, but let's let's just get an idea. Let's do some practice, and maybe I'll spend, you know, 24, 48 hours with little me just teaching prepping. me how to, like, yeah. work with that. Young like, Carter, it, it you was can't just, get bangs. I'm sorry. It's, just, it's not going to work. You can't, you. dude. It hurts really bad. <laughs> You'll get concussions. I bet, I bet that'll help me in concussions I would get later in life. I'm technically, like, one away from death. Uh, wow. So what if that backfires careful, and dude. you travel to the future and your head is huge? The only thing that's keeping that it in kept check, it, that kept it in check was getting hit so many times. It's an evolutionary response <laughs> to shrink the gourd. Oh, no. You come back and you look like Megamind. <laughs> it's possible. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, yeah. Or Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I'm Jordan and I would go back to 2017 and I'd be like, Jordan, it's me. It's Darth Vader. Name name your name your podcast something you don't have to explain every time somebody asks what the name is. <laughs> name your podcast something where you don't have to be like, well, at one point, two of us were pretty chubby, and there was one guy that was super hot, but then everything changed, and now we just kind of kept it. It stuck. Everything changed, meaning an average-looking boy replaced the hot. Yeah, but then, but then the two chunky guys slimmed down, and now we're svelte and sexual. Yes. So it really should be. Here. I could cut through the we, water we like three a butter hunks. Knife. We three hunks. Yeah. So what changes then? If you come back to the future, what's different now? What do we call? I don't have to explain things to people as much. <laughs> I care less about what the name ends up being than I do. Yeah. About every time somebody's like, "How, How much podcast, time you have to spend talking about like, it?" Can I just not tell you, actually? <laughs> I won't tell you the name. Can I just send you a link? Yeah, can I just send you a link to our latest episode? <laughs> I'd probably call it The Jordan Show, though. I stopped recording. <laughs> I would call it Doge Explains It All. Doge Explains. <laughs> it's just a podcast called Brought to You by Doge. <laughs> but it's B-R-A-U-T, and the whole time I'm eating, I'm Brought. snapping into some tight brats. Brought to you by Doge. <laughs>